as much as offensive weapons is a must for the Patriots this season, a quarterback and a wide receiver alone won't fix this team. And even though it's a long shot, the Patriots should absolutely check in on J.J. Watt. That all being said, everybody on the planet knows that the Patriots need a quarterback and everybody in Pat's nation has their their wish list. But who is actually a realistic option? And as we creep closer and closer to Super Bowl 55, it makes you think about Tom Brady chasing his seventh ring and some of the players who never won the big game. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray, on this solo edition of the Dare Pats Nation podcast. What's going on, everybody? Of course, this is your boy, Ray, recording this Saturday edition of the podcast, which obviously is not recorded live. You're only seeing a recorded replay. But listen, I've talked about this at nauseum before, that the New England Patriots need more than just a quarterback to fix this team. They need more than just offensive weapons. One comment that I saw today said that Patriots need some defensive line beef and at least one playmaker at linebacker. Now, I'm going to start by saying I couldn't agree more. Hey, even if the Patriots went out and made a trade for Deshaun Watson, somehow signed Allen Robinson and got Hunter Henry and had all three of them together, that would just leave the Patriots in a very precarious situation because you'd have one of the most explosive offenses on the field, especially when you combine Damian Harris and that run game into the mix. The bigger issue would become that, well, the Patriots offense would be sitting on the sidelines when the team that they're playing, no matter who they're playing, just run the football down the Patriots' throats because, well, the Patriots' defense couldn't stop the run last year. There's good. There's a good chance that Stephon Gilmore is no longer going to be a Patriot by the time the 2021 season rolls around. So the Patriots need to address the offense. So when I talk about how I would like to see Bill Belichick attack this offseason and improve this offense and defense, I think that you need to be realistic at the quarterback situation bring in somebody you can afford a Matthew Stafford a Jimmy Garoppolo somebody of that nature one thing that you don't want to do is go out and spend too much money you got to address the receiver situation now you could look at an Allen Robinson or if say a Chris Godwin became available but I think he's going to stay with the Buccaneers but then you got some of those other guys like Curtis Samuel and Curtis Samuel and um Corey Davis at the bottom that will be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, Hunter Henry is a great tight end, but there's some cheaper options down the road. So I'd like to see the Patriots use the free agency market to address some of those big offensive positions. Quarterback, I'd like to see them go out for a wide receiver, and I'd like to see them go for a tight end. Of course, if they can re-sign David Andrews, that would be key. And then I would love to see Bill Belichick use the draft to address the defense get a defensive tackle or a middle linebacker who can stop the run now i'm a big fan of mac jones in the first round but if there's an opportunity for belichick to go out there and take a shot on one of those top linebackers or top defensive tackles that can automatically boost the patriots defense and him be an instant starter i wouldn't be opposed to that either so i want to see the patriots make that kind of move 
try to get offensive linemen in the later rounds, the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Obviously, if Stephon Gilmore is gone, you're going to want to get some depth in the secondary, either at safety or cornerback, even though I believe that Kyle Duggar will probably shift over to a safety rope of course patrick chung is back this year so they still have options they got devin mccourty for one more year you can re-sign jason mccourty but i'd like to see the patriots address most of the defensive issues in the draft use free agency to go out there and address the offense but there is a way that you can go out there and use not free agency but get a veteran defensive player who could drastically help this team because one tweet I saw today, now that the news has come out, that J.J. Watt wants out of Houston was the Patriots absolutely need to check in on J.J. Watt. And I am a thousand percent behind that. As all of you know, I am the biggest J.J. Watt fanboy out there. And I would love nothing more than to see him get rid of that Houston Texan jersey and put on a Patriots jersey. And it's a long shot. And you think about what would it take to get JJ Watt to this team? Can the Patriots afford that $17.5 million contract? And there lies the problem for the Patriots because there's a couple of things you got to think of. What are you willing to give up for JJ? Right, the Patriots need a pass rush. The pass rush was invisible last year, even with Josh Uche and Chase Winovich playing so well. They need someone who can really come in and boost that pass rush. But are the Patriots willing to give up a second-round pick, a third-round pick, or a second and a third for J.J.? Will J.J. Watt cost a first-round pick? He's 32 years old. Probably not. Like I said, J.J. Watt, no, I didn't say, but like I've talked about with Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore was worth the first-round pick at the trade deadline. He was worth it for a guy who was or for a team who thought all we are is a star cornerback away from going to the Super Bowl. In the offseason, Stephon Gilmore's worth like a second-round pick or a third-round pick, especially with him only coming in with $7 million in cash this year. He's going to want his contract restructured. He's going to want him to make more money. Well, with J.J. Watt being owed $17.5 million, I think that the Patriots, the only way they can make the trade is J.J. would have to be open to restructuring his contract, move some money around, and take take away a bit of that cap hit. The Patriots are only going to have about, let's say, $50 million of cap space after the cap space after the salary cap drops by $10 million. 17.5, that's taking up almost 20 of their 50 million that they'll have left. That'll leave them with what, like 32 million left to address all those other positions that we just talked about. That means a couple of different things. A, what are the Texans willing or to take for him? B, if they need a restructure, then J.J. Watt not only has to agree that he'll restructure his contract, he has to agree to come to the New England Patriots. And as one user put out, J.J. is not leaving one crap show for another. Now, I think that that's a little bit of an unfair comment. I would not come out right now and say that the Patriots are a crap show, or let's use the big boy words, isn't a shit show like they are in, in Houston. And you can't compare those two situations. Uh, the Patriots had a bad year last year. They went seven and nine. They, they almost our worst nightmare. I think our big, my worst nightmare was eight and eight. Seven and nine was almost there. The Patriots, as of right now, with their current roster, they're not going to be competitors next year. Bill Belichick can change that. Belichick can do things like bring in a quarterback, a receiver, a tight end, try to boost the defense a little bit, and J.J. Watt would be that guy. So what would Belichick have to try to do to prove to J.J. Watt that the Patriots are going to be competitive this season? 
I think that the best case for the scenario for the Patriots would be that Houston doesn't trade JJ until free agency sort of rolls and Belichick makes some moves and shows JJ, hey, look, man, we have made a, a legitimate effort to get better. Look at the guys we brought in. Now, if the Patriots are still rolling with Jared Stidham and nobody really at receiver and nobody at tight end, and it looks like that they're going into a full rebuild, then J.J. Watt probably doesn't want to go to the Patriots. At his age, he's going to be ring chasing. If he has an opportunity to leave Houston, he's not going anywhere because he's going to say, oh, I can make big money. J.J. Watt is going to want to win a Super Bowl, and it's that simple. So, look, the Patriots, I think at the end of the day, though, what does it hurt New England to go out and actually – just inquire about what Houston would want for JJ Watt. Is it a pipe dream? Probably. I can already first see the comments in this video or the Twitter mentions I'm going to get or my inbox about how I'm absolutely delusional to think that JJ Watt's going to come to the Patriots. But if you were to ask me, hey, out of the two superstars in Houston, Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt, which one of those two would be more likely to go to New England? I guess a fair answer would say neither. But I would say that the Patriots have a much better chance of going after somebody like a J.J. Watt than they would a Deshaun Watson. And we're going to get into that in a second when we get into the wish list. But first, ladies and gentlemen of Pats Nation, I got to take a little pause for the cause here when we talk about some of the sponsors that help us put on this show. And first, you got to hear from our friends over at Manscaped.com. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from Manscaped.com. And use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at Manscaped.com. And Dear Pats Nation is also brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Barber Company. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RayRoute and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. Look, so kind of like how I started this podcast is... Yeah, the Patriots, man, they need to address defense. They're not just a quarterback away from being better, but they still have to address the quarterback situation. And I think right now, every Patriots fan on the in the universe has their quarterback wish list. And here's some of the things I saw today. I saw one Twitter user say, the Patriots need to trade for Deshaun Watson and get a wide receiver in the first round. Now, the plan sounds... The plan sounds sound it sounds like a sound plan i don't know how you say it it sounds good it sounds like a good thing here's the problem if you trade for deshaun watson you ain't drafting no wide receiver in the first round you're not drafting anybody in the first round in 2021 because deshaun watson's going to cost them that 15 overall pick the other issue is they're not going to be drafting anybody in the first round next year either and more than likely not in 2023 unless I do have some sort of inkling that maybe Deshaun Watson doesn't get the, or the Texans don't get the full value for Watson like they thought because he's got him back into a corner. But I think that bringing in Deshaun Watson would make the Patriots obviously better. But you're talking, what, like $40 million on the books? That's going to leave Belichick with $10 million to address the defense, get a receiver, get a tight end. 
if he were to trade for Deshaun Watson, I think what we would see is, is Deshaun Watson throwing to Jacoby Myers, possibly a broken Julian Edelman if he returns, Nikhil Harry. They wouldn't even be able to afford Demir Bird. I think um, Marquise Lee is coming back so they could throw him into the mix. You won't be re-signing James White or Rex Burkhead. You won't be bringing anybody to replace them unless you take somebody in the draft. So at the end of the day, as great as Deshaun Watson sounds, the Patriots are not in a situation to really compete with Deshaun Watson. Unlike J.J. Watt, he wouldn't be leaving one shit show for another. I think if Deshaun Watson came over, he would be leaving a shit show, coming into one that's going to turn into a shit show. Do I see any situation that the Patriots make a trade for Deshaun Watson? If I was going to be completely 100% honest with all of you, no. I don't give it a 1% chance. If you said to me, Ray, give me a percentage, I would say zero. I don't even give it a 0.5%. I in no way see Deshaun Watson coming to the New England Patriots. That being said... I came out a couple years ago, whatever, on a Saturday just like this, around this time to record my normal Saturday show, podcast, video, whatever it was back then. It wasn't a podcast. Now it's a podcast. But I came out and I said, I see zero chance. Trust me, the Patriots will not be signing Antonio Brown. It's not happening. Two hours later, I was on my way to do groceries, got a text message that the Patriots had signed Antonio Brown. So I'm often wrong, but if you ask me, do I see any situation? Absolutely not. Now, there's a couple of other targets that the Patriots could go after. One comment I saw on Twitter today was, I think the most likely quarterback candidates, not necessarily who I think they should target, but my prediction is Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, and Mac Jones. Now, when I first saw this, I was going to make my comment and say, hey, there, I don't think Matthew Stafford's coming either. I've already moved on from that. But then I start doing some reading after that, not looking to research this at all, just reading. And there's now people out there that think the Patriots are actually one of the front runners to get Matthew Stafford. Uh, the good news is if they were, we would know in about a week and that would give us a whole lot to talk about because it's now coming. It's now a groundswell that Matthew Stafford is going to be traded before the Super Bowl, which is really smart by Detroit because that keeps his value at a different level. Uh, so, but anyways, I didn't think he was coming. I still don't believe that Matthew Stafford will be the next quarterback of the New England Patriots, but it is something to keep an eye on now because there are some people in the media that believe that the Patriots are a front runner, but that being said, who really knows what's going on now as for Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, I love it. I love that thing, especially bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo as a bridge quarterback. You draft Mac Jones with the 15th overall pick. And I know there's people when I say take Mac Jones with number 15, and they're like, oh, man, that's too high. Take him in the second round. Mac Jones ain't falling to the second round. Trust me. He ain't falling to the second round. If you want Mac Jones on this team, you're going to have to get him in the first round. He's a pocket quarterback. He seems to just fit the Patriots system. I love Mac Jones. Now, what you could do is make a trade with a team like the Colts. Take like the 23rd overall pick. You probably should be able to, la to land Jones there. You can pick up a couple of other pieces along the way. But if you're going to bring in Mac Jones, you need to bring in a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo who can bridge for a couple years because it's, trust me, it's going to take two years before Jones is actually, in my opinion, before Jones is actually a viable NFL quarterback. It, at the very least, he can't. it's going to take a season before he rolls into that sort of situation. 
That being said, like, what if Jimmy Garoppolo and Matthew Stafford aren't available for the Patriots, right? Who do we think that could end up as a bridge quarterback for the Patriots? And this is when things get a little bit more complicated because we have to try to figure out A, who's available, B, who would be a good bridge quarterback. Because now we're starting to get into this tier of Aaron Rodgers, which probably is, well, which I, he's not leaving Green Bay. Deshaun Watson, we're not getting Deshaun Watson. So if we don't get Garoppolo and Stafford, who are probably sort of the top of the list, we're now looking at the return of Cam Newton, which I know is going to outrage Patriot fans. We're looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're looking at Mitch Trubisky. We're looking at Jameis Winston. Maybe we're looking at a Teddy Bridgewater, depending on what Carolina does in the draft. So when you kind of break all that down, who's the best option, right? If you're going to draft Mac Jones, and, and I'm talking about this going under the assumption that you're drafting Mac Jones, you're not trading up for, you know, Justin Fields, who I don't want, or somebody like that, or, you know, uh, I... Look, I was a fierce defender of Cam Newton throughout a lot of this season. I can't do it now. I think you would hope that you could get like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, hope that he can repeat what he just did in Miami this year, the type of numbers that he put up before he lost his starting job to Tua, and go from there. And that brings me to this final comment. No, sorry, it's not the final one, but here's another one. That said, try to go get Jimmy G. If that fails, draft Mac Jones and let him and Stidham battle in camp and ride the wave. Here's my response to that. If the Patriots go into this OTAs and, and training camp, whenever that may start, and they go in with Jimmy Garoppolo and Mac Jones is their only two quarterbacks, and they'll probably bring along like a Brian Hoyer for their third. Then I will feel fully confident saying the Patriots are now officially in a full rebuild. Because you're not going in to the 2021 season with Mac Jones and Jared Stidham and thinking that you're going to be competing in that AFC East. We saw last year Jared Stidham is not the answer. If Jared Stidham was the answer, we wouldn't talk about the quarterback situation on almost every podcast here on Dear Pats Nation. And like I said already, Mac Jones is not the guy. So now you're kind of looking at a different perspective. If the Patriots were heading into a rebuild, would we be okay with that? And how would we want Belichick to attack the offseason if it was a rebuild? Because if you're in a rebuild, you're not signing Allen Robinson or... Corey Davis, you're doing other things. Um, I'm okay with a rebuild, to be honest with you. Because I believe if the Patriots are going to be successful, they got to get Jimmy G or they got to get Matthew Stafford. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, those kind of guys, I don't think that they're going to be the answers. I can accept a rebuild. I can accept a rebuild. And then what I'd want is, is Belichick just to get filler players, save as much of that cap space as possible, carry it over, have as much as you can 
nail the draft, have a good draft next year because you're going to have better picks, and then use your free agent spending. The only issue that rolls with that is I expect in 2022, unless we're still no fans in the stands and that kind of thing, that the salary cap is going to go back up. I think this year you're going to be able to sign players at value contracts. You might be able to get an Allen Robinson, who's right now projected, I think, to make like $19 million. You may be able to get him for like 15, 16 mil. It's also why I think that some of these quarterbacks who would have cost you a fortune in draft picks before may not be as viable right now for teams because of the way the salaries are, salary caps are all structured and resurrected. And I think there's going to be a lot of good players that are going to sign short-term deals because they know that they'll be able to make more money in two years. So if Belichick's able to lock up one of these premier free agents for the next three, four years at a decent salary, then spend the money because it's the same as spending it next year. They're just a part of your rebuild. And, you know, I've talked about now how I don't believe that Cam Newton is the answer to the Patriots, but I saw this comment, I think on YouTube today that says, I'm just amazed at how a lot of people just throw Cam Newton under the bus. As I recall, the Patriots didn't have anybody this season that they could throw to. The number one receiver, Julian Edelman, was out. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. And I think there's a fair point that the Patriots' offensive weapons around Cam Newton this year sucked. We can't hide that. We can't pretend like that's not a reality. Um, Jacoby Myers became your number one. Demir Bird was your number two. Julian Edelman went out for the season after six games. Nikhil Harry just didn't come through. Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene, Ryan Izzo never performed as tight ends. They had a great run game, and that was about it. That being said, we also watched Cam Newton throw the ball at Nikhil Harry's ankles. We watched Cam Newton miss wide open receivers. We watched Cam Newton throw interceptions when he was hitting receivers who were open. We watched him fumble against the Buffalo Bills. So there is blame to put on Cam Newton. So though I agree with you that I think Cam Newton became the ultimate scapegoat, I don't believe that he deserved all of the criticism that he got. I think it's also fair to say that he did a lot of things wrong too. And if we can get our hands on a more veteran quarterback, or not a more veteran, but a more stable quarterback like a Matthew Stafford or a Jimmy Garoppolo or even a Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're probably going to perform better in the New England offense than Cam Newton did. Listen, Cam isn't leaving New England with any hard feelings. I don't believe the Patriots are letting him leave with hard feelings. They tried. It didn't work. If it would have worked, they would have re-signed him. I mean, there was a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of Patriot fans. I saw a lot of after week two, give Cam his extension now. I'm sure there's a lot of people, myself included, that are happy it didn't happen. Is there a scenario that I think Cam Newton should or could return to the Patriots? Absolutely, I think there's a scenario that he could return. Not a lot of options out there. Belichick likes his leadership. If he is bringing in a young quarterback, he'd be a great mentor for him. 
Absolutely. Should they bring him back? Yeah. If you can't get another quarterback and you're really looking at this as a rebuild, maybe Cam can be a little bit of a bridge quarterback. Let him mentor and be a leader to Mac Jones. That's the situation or Kyle Trask or whoever you're bringing in. That's the situation I see them bringing back Cam Newton. If you're asking me, hey, is there a situation where Belichick thinks they're absolutely going to compete in 2021? They're going to test the Buffalo Bills for the division. Should Cam Newton be the quarterback? I'm going to say to you, no. There are situations where Cam Newton would be a good fit on this team, not if your final goal is to is to push for the division. And our final subject of the day, Super Bowl 55 is just over a week away. This time next week will be kind of, you know, the anticipation for the Super Bowl. Media week and all that would have been done already, which is going to be really weird this year. No real fan experiences at the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady is going for his seventh Super Bowl ring. He's competing in his 10th Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is competing in his second and going for his second ring. And I think it was Sunday Night Football that put out this tweet today. Which NFL player do you wish would have won a Super Bowl? And it's kind of a cool question to ask. So I'm going to tell you some of the responses that people gave and some of them I agreed with, some of them I didn't. I'll tell you who I have as my pick. And then I'm going to do something a little bit fun at the end. So we saw Patriot fans, Minnesota fans, Randy Moss. I agree. And I think one of the bigger things for me that I would have wanted to see Randy Moss win a Super Bowl, because if he would have won his Super Bowl, that means he would have won it in the undefeated season. There would have been no helmet catch and the Patriots would have been 19-0. That wasn't the case. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best receivers to ever play the game. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him. Another guy I saw on the list a couple of times, Junior Seau. Dude, just an absolute beast. Spent his whole career with the Chargers before he came over to the Patriots. Uh, absolutely agree. He's a guy who deserves, uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Nobody ever deserves to win a Super Bowl. You earn to win a Super Bowl. So I shouldn't say deserves, but he's a guy I would have loved to have seen win a championship. Add to that resume. It wouldn't have been a question mark on the resume, even though nobody's questioning him as a player. Can't disagree more. The next guy I didn't agree with, and it was Jim Kelly. Now, I got no beef with Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly in life is a warrior. All the health stuff that he's had to deal with and all that, Jim Kelly is an inspiration to everybody. When it comes to football, though, and whether Jim Kelly should be wearing a ring, I just say, hey, Jim, you had four opportunities to win the Super Bowl, and you didn't with one of the best offenses in the NFL. Um He's probably the only guy on this list who went to a Super Bowl who didn't win it that I don't agree that, you know, I'm not upset that he doesn't have a ring. You had the chance. You didn't get it done. I'm sorry, man. And I don't want to hear no wide right stuff because Kelly could have put him in a better position to kick, make that kick. The next guy is Dan Marino. Lost the Super Bowl. Should he have won a ring? Dan Marino's probably, he should be in the conversation more of goats uh he's not though because he never won the big one uh lost one got there early in his career never made it back played on a lot of bad miami teams probably a guy who he didn't need the ring to cement himself to where he stands in the pecking order of football players but i think it would have made the argument a lot easier it would have given him a little bit more prestige because then he would have been in that same conversations with the john elways of the world very much the same as Jim Kelly would have been. So yeah, I agree. 
Next is Larry Fitzgerald. I love loyalty. I love good guys. I love people who play hard and play the game right. Larry Fitzgerald, man, if I could, I would give that guy. He comes probably as close as I could ever say of somebody who deserves a Super Bowl. I know we lost one with Arizona. That was the game that they almost killed Kurt Warner. That's a guy I wanted in New England forever. You know, when we talk about like the players that are on my list of who I wish were Patriots, it's like J.J. Watt, Larry Fitzgerald, and that can flip. It could go Larry Fitzgerald, J.J. Watt. Phenomenal dude, phenomenal player, phenomenal leader. Kind of like the next guy, Barry Sanders, who played on that awful Detroit team for so long. Now, Matthew Stafford wasn't on this list. I didn't put him on this list for my pick because I picked one guy, but Barry Sanders is another guy who tried to single-handedly do something with the Detroit Lions. They did nothing to help him. One of the greatest talents of the of of the game, not just of his generation, of the game, and never even got a sniff of winning a Super Bowl. Another guy that was on the list that was very curious to me was Tony Romo. I'm not upset that Romo doesn't have a Super Bowl. I like Romo. I like Romo as a player. I I thought Romo was absolutely phenomenal in how he dealt with the whole Dak Prescott situation. You know, he could have caused a whole lot of problems and he didn't. If you ask me, who would you rather see with the Super Bowl, Eli Manning or Tony Romo? Oh, probably Tony over Eli, but I've got, I had a lot of respect for Eli near the end of his career. And as I was saying the other day, I think he's one of the funniest dudes in the world since he's retired. But is he somebody, is Tony Romo somebody I wish would have won a Super Bowl? No, he's not on my list. And neither is Philip Rivers, and he came on the list as well. Rivers played on so many good teams. He had a premier talent in LaDamian Tomlinson who didn't make this list, who probably should have been there over Philip Rivers. They gave Rivers offensive lines. They gave Rivers defenses. They gave him receivers. They gave him tight ends. The Chargers were just, they, I guess the one thing they never really gave him was a good coach. I don't, I've never been a fan of Nerf Turner. I thought Anthony Lynn was okay. I can't, I cannot put Philip Rivers on the list. And I just, to me, I, it's, he's not there. Now, a guy I can put on the list, which might sound contradictory because I said no to Tony Romo is Jason Witten. It's when I think of that team that had Tony Romo and Terrell Owens. I always think of Jason Witten. He was the face of the team. Now, Jason Witten caused a lot of the problems at the end. He probably caused the T.O. divorce. So I, I can't ignore that. Actually, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, eh, shit, would he be on my list? I'm keeping him on my list, but it's asterisk now because I've just talked myself out of it. Because Jason Witten did, you know, was a little bit of a drama queen in that sort of time. Maybe that's enough that I don't put him on my list. Now, the last guy that was on the list that I saw that I absolutely agreed with, John Hanna. 
Hall of Famer, Patriots Hall of Famer, legendary offensive lineman. Just happened to play for the New England Patriots at a time that the New England Patriots were horrible. The guy has, he comes from a long line of professional players. His dad was a pro, brothers, himself. John is a guy who's represented the Patriots in his retirement, classy. Definitely needs to be on that list. I got no issues with that. He, sh- I wish he could have won a Super Bowl. Now I had to pick my player, and I had a few go through my head of who I wish would have won a Super Bowl. Adrian Peterson was there, but he didn't. He wasn't my pick. I could only pick one player, and but he was there, but I didn't pick Adrian Peterson. You know, Tony Gonzalez was there, but I didn't pick him. My pick is Frank Gore. Frank Gore is a workhorse. Frank Gore has been a pretty decent dude. When I think of the San Francisco 49ers after the Joe Montana era, I think of Frank Gore. I think of all the teams he played on that were like, this is the year Sam Fran's going to do it, and they wouldn't, and that had nothing to do with Frank Gore. He did everything he could to put San Francisco in a winning position, but they never got there. That's why Frank was my pick. He's a guy I wish would have won a Super Bowl. Now I want to do something a little bit fun. I would have said, which Patriot am I happy never won a Super Bowl or one that I wish never would have won a Super Bowl with the Patriots? And you guys have heard me speak about the former Patriots that I dislike. So you may already know my list, but here's my list I came up with. And I'm sure there's more. This was just me off the top of my head. But I'm going to start with one guy who didn't win one. I'm happy he didn't win one. Aaron Hernandez for obvious reasons. Number two, Albert Hainsworth. Albert is a douche. Enough said. Number three was Chad Johnson. Mr. I'm going to be a Hall of Famer. Chad Johnson's not a Hall of Famer. And it's funny because I kind of like Chad Johnson now. But after all this domestic stuff, after how it didn't work in New England, after his attitude in Cincinnati, happy he never won a title. Now, this other guy might be a little bit controversial. Another guy who didn't win one. Actually, he's known for losing Super Bowls. Wes Welker. I blame Wes Welker for the 2011 loss to the Giants. You know, that was the famous Giselle. My husband can't throw and catch the football because if Wes Welker makes a catch that he makes 10 out of 10 times, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. We don't have to wait till Super Bowl 49 against Seattle. But I also won't forget when Welker left the Patriots to go play with Peyton down in Denver. He had a lot of shit to say about Belichick. I don't appreciate that. Now, two guys I wish never would have won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. No, I'm just I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Relax. First guy is Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis. His career was dead. Nobody wanted him. He was about to go work at Popeye Chickens. I think Malcolm Butler was working there at the time. I think he was ready to hook him up. 
Belichick brought him in. He blew his ACL. Belichick kept him. And he became a piece on the Patriots offense behind LeGarrette Blunt. Eh, and James White. Then he wanted a billion dollars, signed with the Titans, ran his mouth about him not being paid, won a meaningless regular season game in 2018, laughed about it on Twitter. FYI, he contributed nothing in that game. Just like he contributed nothing for the Titans on that contract. Just like he's contributed nothing since he's left the Patriots. Patriots won another Super Bowl without him, showing they didn't need him. And it kills me that Deion Lewis is a Super Bowl champion. I don't like it. The last guy on my list may not shock anybody. My homie, my man, my main enemy, Asante Samuel. I mean, you guys have all heard my feelings of Asante Samuel. Runs his mouth. Shows no appreciation for the fact that he's a two-time Super Bowl champion because he played on one of the greatest defenses of all time that they didn't need him on that defense. And then in the Super Bowl, 18-0, trying to go perfect 19-0, Eli Manning throws a floater ball so weak that I could have caught the ball. Asante Samuel lets it right through his hands. The very next play, Richard Seymour gets held. Eli gets sacked, but they don't call it. He throws the ball up in the air. Rodney Harrison, one of the best strong safeties in the NFL, goes up, smothers David Tyreek, and a couple plays later, the Patriots finish their season 18-1. and And none of that would have happened if Asante Samuel would have just caught an easy interception from Eli Manning. That's my list. Let me know. I assume the Dion Lewis and the Wes Welker one are going to cause the most controversy. Sue me. Appreciate y'all coming in. I will be back tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern time with Connor. I'm only solo on the weekends. I give Connor and Sarah Fridays and Saturdays off. Other than that, we're working our asses off. Make sure tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time, the premiere of Boston Balling. With our girl Gabby on Dear Pats Nation. And until then, guys, this has been Ray Rout. Connor's not here, but I'll let you know. The socks are going to be legit, kid. The 
podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.